Promotional consideration paid for by the following. StevieRichardsFitness.com. It's a brand new year, so make a brand new you by joining the SRF resistance today. Russo'sBrand.com. Get the real shoot from the most controversial personality in wrestling, Vince Russo. ProWrestlingTees.com. Get the coolest merchandise from your favorite independent pro wrestling talents worldwide. Head over to ProWrestlingTees.com and enjoy your 20% discount for the first five days of the new year and support indie wrestling today. GetAcreGold.com. The online subscription service that delivers gold discreetly to your front door. Grow your gold stash using the affiliate link getacregold.com backslash horseman to start your subscription. Make sure to follow them on Twitter at get underscore acre and tell them the Hami Media Group sent you for an opportunity to win a free gold bar. New World Art. In 2019, the Undisputed Era will have all the gold. Shock. The system. This is how the show should start every week. Undisputed! Undisputed! And that's not a fact. That's not a promise. That is undisputed. Adam Cole has become the NXT champion. I don't know, a little saying called, I told you so. <laughs> One of the baddest men in the entire world, Roderick Strong. I think that North American Championship looks pretty nice, doesn't it? It's not steaks and weights, it's knuckle sandwiches, courtesy of your boy, Roddy Strong. Now, Roddy, Roddy, there's not any sun-dried tomatoes on these knuckle sandals, are they? Sun-dried tomatoes belong nowhere near a sando. Am I right, guys? <laughs> yeah, right. Are you kidding me? Oh, God, Not a chance. I would have kicked out at the end if I hadn't actually fallen asleep out there. For months, I've been saying that the Undisputed Era is going to run this place. And look, I want you to take a look at NXT. Not Undisputed Era, NXT, because we are NXT. We have the championship gold to prove it. The Undisputed Era will not just run NXT, we will run all of WWE. Hey, 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 you gotta do the hand thing. Oh, yeah, the hand thing. Not to brag, guys, it's just a little something I threw together last night. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event of the evening. Scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. Introducing first, the certified alpha male of the Hameen Media Group. He has a PhD in NXT and a smack doctorate. He's the smoke show with the choke show. The man who's making podcasting sexy again, the Andrew Bellow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hitting the Next Level Adlers and Chairs. I think we're going to go with that. That'll be it. Uh, but welcome to HackerAmin.Podbean.com. I assume HittingTheMarks.Podbean.com or just HittingTheMarks.com because y'all are fancy like that. And uh, Adlers, I don't know if you want to put this up anywhere, but by all means, feel free to do so anyway. It is NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2 review time, folks. 
I am your not-so-humble host, your resident god of thunder, the Andrew Bello, and I'm happy to have each and every one of you aboard, but I'm more importantly happy to have these two gentlemen aboard. Let me, let me, let me hop across the pond here first, because this is an NXT UK thing. I'll tip my hat to Mr. Joe Atherton, a.k.a. Old Athers of Cables, Athers, and Shares fame, uh, one of the more knowledgeable folks on the UK wrestling scene, so not only a good chap, but an expert in the field. We are happy to have you aboard, Mr. Athers. How are you? Hey, guys. Yeah, uh, not too bad. Uh, coming in, it's about 8 p.m. now over in England, and uh, nice to watch a pay-per-view at a reasonable hour over here. Agreed. I was just thinking about how I would like all pay-per-views to be around this time on Sundays, regardless of where they're being broadcast from. But, unfortunately for this gentleman, he's coming to us from uh, bumfuck Iowa. He is one half of the Monday Locker Room, one half of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. He's angry. He's not Jargo. Michael Jargo, what's going on? Man, I thought you were going to give me, like, the big Strangler King intro. No, there no, you're not, not worthy of that. I'm sorry, man. You know, if, speaking if I, of... If I start handing those out, Steve's going to strangle me. Speaking of the Wednesday locker room, me and you, we got to sit down. We got to talk about your boy, Billy Ray Valentine, and these Abushi issues that he's got going on, because that dude has completely freaking lost it. That's coming from you. That, that means My something. God. I mean, I was mad, too, but protest New Japan? Come on. I'm very, I'm very excited to sit down with Andrew Bello. We didn't get a chance to do this for the last takeover because you had to work or something like that. So I've, I've been needing my Bello fix, and you know, we we threw old Athers off of the HTM podcast network because he asked us to. And uh, so it, it's great to actually sit down and talk with both of you fine gentlemen, even though you're wearing a freaking Mets hat. I did that just for you. Yeah, no, unfortunately, last takeover, I missed it because as much as you needed your dose of Bellow, the goddess of thunder needed her dose of Bellow. And I'm sorry, but that just supersedes everything at this point in time. So, <laughs> uh, What's 12 inches, right? Yeah, well, it's it's three <laughs> Olive Garden breadsticks at last measure, but uh, neither here nor there. In my penis, divisible by three. But uh, <laughs> we had a hell of a card uh, for NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2, or at least... I thought so, but in our, in our little preliminary chats here, you guys weren't as high on all this. Um, Athers, I'm going to throw it to you first, man. Just kind of your your thoughts heading into this pay-per-view. Uh, you're from Blackpool. You could have very well gone to this. You chose not to. What's going on, bro? Yeah, well, you know, the uh, the mean streets of Blackpool, they're, uh, they've become, you know, the home base for NXT UK. And, uh, yeah, I was umming and ahhing about it and, when the tapings happened in November leading up to TakeOver, I had a look at the, the proposed lineup, the matches that looked like were shaping up. And I'll be honest, they, they just didn't really do it for me. One or two of them, I was like, yeah, that'll be okay. But the further along the card, the more head-scratching was going on. Yeah, for me, it just it wasn't worth paying the 50, 60 quid to get in. So decided to uh, have a nice cup of tea and uh, watch it from the safety of my own couch. Were there crumpets? There were not crumpets, no, although I had a nice uh, bag of quavers, which is a, a packet of crisps over here, or potato chips, as you oh. like to call them. Very, very good. Jargo, you uh, you seem to agree with Athers on uh, on kind of the general lack of excitement for this card. What, what What's going on with you, man? I, I didn't realize that there was a metric system for potato chips, but now I am aware of that. Thank you, Mr. Uh, Atherton. Um, 
I'm kind of with Joe. Like I, I was just, I was underwhelmed by this card. I mean, I am not the most avid of NXT UK watchers, but typically I can sit down and I can watch the target takeover specials, things that they do that are like 45 minutes long. They're fantastically done. And I sat down and I watched this one and I'm like, what am I supposed to be pulling for here? Like, who's the good guy? You know, like the last time I watched NXT UK and everything I saw tonight, it's not like Gallus is a bunch of really, really nice young men and uh, Imperium kind of in the same boat. So I'm watching Coffee and Walter and I'm watching these people go crazy and I'm like, they're just cheering the violence. They're not actually cheering for either one of these guys. They're just cheering mindless violence. And that's cool, but it, it, it... I have such a high standard when it comes to takeover and I have a very even higher standard when it comes to takeover UK and of the three thus far, this is by far my least favorite one. Wow. All right. Well, I find myself on the polar opposite end of the spectrum of the two of you. I was really looking forward to this. I mean, obviously when you look at the takeovers, you're looking at the, the title matches first and foremost to kind of see what they decide to do there. Uh, the main event, uh, on paper, just seemed interesting to me. I, I kind of, I could, I could see where your sentiment is coming from there, Jargo. It's like, who do I root for exactly? Joe Coffey's never really been a babyface. If this pay per view is in, you know, Glasgow, okay. Now we can, now, now we're talking. Now I could start to see why we're doing it the way that we're doing it. But uh, overall, just looking at the the ladder match, which was, you know, every bit the car wreck that you'd imagine it was going to be. Uh, the triple threat with the women. Had, had me intrigued, especially as they kind of sewed it up a little bit nice and neat over the last couple of weeks on the build. And then Tyler Bate versus Jordan Devlin to me stood out as what was going to be an absolute classic. And I think it was, although I'm sure we'll get some pushback on that when we get to that match. But uh, let's let's jump into the first one here, man. This was uh, an interesting way to start out the match, uh, start out the event. Would not have been my pick to open, but having now known how it all ended... Um, I still probably wouldn't have had it open, but uh, neither here nor there. It was Trent Seven taking on Eddie Dennis. Uh, Eddie Dennis doing this, like, demonic dragon getup when he comes out. Uh, Athers, is this, like, a new thing, or is this something he's done before? Uh, it's new, but uh, basically what I think it is, the uh, the Welsh flag has a dragon on it. Mm-hmm. Eddie De- Dennis is Welsh, so I think it's just... Uh, Incorporating the uh, country of birth, really. Uh, I liked his gear. I thought his gear was pretty cool. Uh, you know, the the dragon scales and the dragon mask and everything. And uh, I think the main criticism of Eddie Dennis on NXT UK's probably been like his charisma or lack of. So giving him a bit of you know a bit of intrigue, bit of interest with some new ring gear. Don't think does the guy any harm. And uh, obviously he's been out injured for a very very long time. Uh, he missed out on uh, TakeOver Cardiff, which obviously with him being Welsh must have been a very uh, bitter pill to swallow. So, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted for the guy that he's actually uh, getting his, his shot, getting his TakeOver moment. He's doing pretty well over here in the UK. He's currently the uh, Progress champion, oh, cool. uh, going on a little bit of a run. He uh, beat David Starr recently. Uh, that was a pretty good match. So, yeah, it's good to see uh, Eddie getting some time. And Trent Seven's always a good guy to uh, open the card with. Very well loved by the fans. Very charismatic. He gets the crowd going. So, yeah, I, I can semi-understand why they started with this match. Yeah, I could see your point there with Trent Seven for sure. Uh, Jargo, Eddie Dennis is from Wales. Do you have heat with him too? Well, you know, at first I, I, I was going to pick up on that, Bello. You know, I, I, I'm against the Welsh guys, you know, so he has Just that going against him. But 
but he beat up David Starr. So that actually scores in points in my book because I can't stand that freaking kid. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. I, at this point, like, I feel like he is the British version of Sonata. Joe, is that an accurate assumption? Like, this guy just, there's no personality. There's no emotion. It's just like this blank stare. Like, he's Sonata, right? Well, I suppose it could be argued he's as handsome as Sonata. So that's not a bad comparison. Uh, going off on a slight side tangent, um, you'll be very disappointed to know that uh, Mark Andrews helped uh, Eddie Dennis beat David Starr. So, uh, yeah, Mark uh, Andrews is uh, in progress. And uh, very unusual seeing happy, smiley, wavy, clappy uh, Mandrews as a bad guy in progress. I hope that it happens one day in NXT UK. That's cool. Uh, you mentioned David Starr. I happen to watch that Jordan Devlin David Starr match you sent me from, what was it, OTT? Um, yes. Fan freaking tastic. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about my boy Jordan Devlin a little bit later on. But this match, Trent Seven, Eddie Dennis, um, it was one of the one of the big criticisms I've had of, of Eddie, in addition to kind of the lack of the charisma, is the lack of the, I don't know, psychosis. Like, if, he, if he's going to be this big, bad, kind of evil dude, I need to really kind of feel that he's evil. And uh, as much as it may have almost cost Trent Seven his life in the process, I think it's fairly established he is not a very well man. I mean, he is, there's something wrong with Eddie Dennis. Um, he, he damn near killed a, a, a ring, you know, like a camera guy or a security guard and Trent Seven during the course of this match. Basically, it all ends with a razor's edge that was going to be to an exposed turnbuckle, but the referee stopped it, and Eddie Dennis just turned and fired Trent Seven over the top rope to the outside into the barricade and a innocent bystander. Uh, I mean... Again, I wish Trent Seven didn't have to nearly die for this, but I think it kind of got its point across. Jargo, what'd you think of this? Um, I as far as the match goes, it was only eight minutes and fifteen seconds, which I agree with you is kind of an odd way to start off a takeover. Like they brought out seven for that opening babyface pop, which is almost become tradition at takeover now. But the match just it was kind of there. Um, I really like Trent Seven. Um, I, I've come around on Mustache Mountain. When when I first saw these guys, they just annoyed the ever loving crap out of me. But all they're all so good, right? So I, I've come around on Trent Seven, and now I feel like Trent Seven has become like a Candice LeRae or a Tyler Breeze or a Cassius Ono, where he goes out there, he has a meaningful match, and he gets beat because he's only there to put people over. Like, can we please do something with Trent Seven? Are we sending him to NXT North America? Is Mustache Mountain in general coming over? Like, Atherton, what is the status of Trent Seven inside of the UK independent scene? And should we be expecting to welcome him over here to the land of Stars and Stripes? I'd be very surprised at that because uh, he actually co-owns one of the uh, prominent promotions here in the UK. Uh, he co-owns Fight Club Pro, which is based uh, in the Midlands, uh, Wolverhampton area. And... Uh, it's weird because they're not like one of the co-opted groups like Progress are with WWE uh, UK, but they still allow like Club Pro to use a lot of uh, talent that work for NXT UK. Uh, I do believe that the current tag team champions are actually Mustache Mountain. Uh, Jordan Devlin works for them quite a bit as well. So I don't know. I'd be very, very surprised if Trent was going to go over to the U.S. full-time. Uh, he's still allowed to work 
quite a fair few indies over here in the UK. Uh, Fight Club Pro, obviously, uh, is fairly semi-regular in progress. Uh, he appeared at their uh, mystery show along with uh, Tyler Bate, uh, a reunion of Mush Bash Mountain. They've not tagged uh, in progress for quite a while. But yeah, um, to answer your question, basically, I, I can't see him going over to the States, mainly because he's got too many interests over here in the UK. In which case, I don't understand why all we do is beat Trent Seven. Like It's like they're just using him to get other people over. Can't we get Trent some wins? I don't know. I think yeah, we'll... I mean... Sorry, go on. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say I think because Trent is so over, like it's he's always gonna whoever whatever heel beats him is always gonna be at, getting at least a little bit of heat coming off of it because everyone wants to see Trent Seven win. Um, it, it's unfortunate. I think you made a good comparison there. He's kind of almost like a babyface Cassius Ono at this point, where it's the same role just on the other side of the spectrum. But uh, I'm sorry, Joe, go ahead. Yeah, what I was gonna say is, and this goes against everything that I usually say about the WWE. I think the NXT UK could do with a, a mid-card title because there's like you've got the uh, UK championship and then the tag team championships and that's it I think you've got a lot of guys that are just spinning their wheels at the minute in NXT UK and I think that the, the introduction of some kind of title I'm, I'm not necessarily like saying the equivalent of a, a North American or or an intercontinental but but some kind of of mid-card title, maybe kind of like a money-in-the-bank type thing, which gives you a title shot at some point. Because there's, there's just far too many guys that are just sat there, that are too talented, that are just spinning their wheels, doing nothing. Jargo? Okay, Joe, well, here, here's my offer then, all right? As the resident New Japan mark, I will give you four titles for Tyler Bate. You can have four titles that you can rebrand NXT UK. We'll take them out of New Japan, and we'll just take Tyler Bate. We'll call it an even deal. No. <laughs> Damn it. I was thinking Tried, that the, uh, being that Tried. the NXT UK roster is, you know, for the most part, fairly small, uh, let's incorporate the NXT Cruiserweight Championship over here a little bit more, have him competing against whoever the champion is. Right now it's Angel Garza, I think. Uh, Angel Garza having no. matches with Tyler no. Bate, with fucking Noam Dar, with Jordan Devlin. Don't know me. Give me Why? <laughs> Tyler you want to add another belt? Tyler Breeze is the cruiserweight <laughs> champion. All right. Now that Tyler Breeze has debuted on 205 Live, I don't care who's walking around with the belt. Tyler Breeze is the only reason to watch that show. That by default makes him champion. That's not how that works. That's not That's how, how it works. Okay. All right. So Tyler Breeze coming over here, even though is he a cruiserweight? Wasn't he like two isn't he like two fifteen? Are we just stretching this bitch out now? I, I assume they're just stretching this bitch out. There's no way that Tyler Breeze is 205 pounds. There's okay. no way. So so babyface Tyler Breeze versus Noam Dar in NXT UK wouldn't intrigue you? Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd be down for that. I just I want you to recognize him as the WWE Cruiserweight Champion because now that he's on 205 Live, he is the only reason to watch that show, which makes him the champ. All right. Well, being that there is no WWE Cruiserweight Championship anymore, I'll happily acknowledge whatever bullshit you're spewing at the moment. Athers, you got any input on this? Uh, so the women's title match was next. <laughs> nice. Bravo. Excellent segue. All right. So, yeah, we got the uh, the women's triple threat here. It's Kaylee Ray, our defending champion, versus uh, fat-shaming gimmick Piper Niven versus hashtag Tony Cakes shout-outs to BG. 
And uh, Piper getting ignored kind of early on in this match here as Tony's just going after Kaylee Ray. Kaylee Ray doing everything she can to get the fuck away from Tony Storm. Um, Piper makes her presence known via some sentons and some cannonballs, and we're kind of off to the races here. Um, there was a, there was a absolutely perfect super kick thrown by Kaylee Ray at some point during this match. I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, she just nailed it right underneath the chin of Piper Niven. It was perfect. Um, then we got Tony and Piper kind of start to work together at a certain point. So Kaylee Ray's plan is starting to backfire, uh, causing tension between the two baby faces here. Dope swanton to the outside by Kaylee Ray. And then she kicks out of a Michinoku driver from Piper, uh, hits a destroyer to Piper. Kaylee Ray hits a finish to Piper, but Tony grabs the ref's arm. It was like a whole thing. Tony hits her finish to Kaylee Ray, but Piper breaks up the finish on that one. And then Tony hits a pedigree to Piper Niven because she couldn't pick her up for the Storm Zero. She hits a frog splash and then gets kicked in the face by Kaylee Ray, who sneaks in and steals the pin, as predicted on the Next Level Wrestling podcast last week. But anyway... We had a it was, it was an interesting little women's match here. All the women very talented. Uh, not too many awkward spots in all this. Athers, I will go to you first. Uh, first off, I want to say well done to Piper Niven for even competing because I don't know if many of you know this at the minute. She's uh, suffering from a bout of Bell's palsy. Yes, uh, she's been going through it for the past few weeks. So uh, just the fact that she went out there and performed, I think, is very admirable. Uh, she's not letting it affect her. Um, I thought she was outstanding. I thought the match itself started off slow, but uh, as it progressed, it, it got better and better. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was a very, very good triple threat match. I mean, these three women, <clears throat> excuse me, these three women, uh, probably the cornerstone of the uh, UK independent scene for, for many a year. Uh if I was going to throw another person in there, I'd throw Tegan Knox in. I'd say them four women with, with the main draws on the British independent scene. Uh, great to see Kayleigh Ray getting the opportunity because it, it looked at one point uh, a few years ago that she'd missed out. She was uh, in the May Young Classic. Uh, the WWE didn't sign her. She worked World of Sport for a while over on ITV. And uh, it's just great to see her get this opportunity. And uh, yeah, I, I thought all three Playing a really, really good performance, and I thought it was a very entertaining triple threat match. Triple threat matches aren't usually my thing, but uh, I thought these three worked really well together. I uh, I like the story that they told here, and I couldn't agree more with you on the Kaylee Ray thing. I had no idea who she was when she came in. I had no idea that they had any big plans for her. Like before, you know it, she's the women's champion, and I've got no complaints about it. Man, she's been killing it and all this. Jargo, what did you take away from this match? Tony Storm is a star. Why in the hell is Tony Storm still working in NXT UK? Why is Tony Storm not on Raw or SmackDown? Why is Lacey Evans and Lana and Liv Morgan and Dana Brooke getting TV airtime and Tony Storm is stuck over in NXT UK? It makes absolutely no logical sense to me whatsoever. And then she's there's... not blonde enough, pal. them goddamn roots. I was going to think yeah, she's I, not busty enough for, uh, for for Vince's liking personally. But, yeah, either of those would work as logical explanations. Yeah, it, it's just absolutely baffling to me. Um, and then you have Kaylee Ray and Piper Niven, you know, and they're both fine. Um, I think they work in an NXT UK capacity. I'm not sure that I ever see them making it to NXT North America or a Raw or a SmackDown, but... but they can hold that division together for the next few years to come. I've never been a Piper Niven fan. I've never been a Kaylee Ray fan. But Tony Storm, like, 
that girl's got it. Whatever it is, it's coming out of her in spades. Amen. Got to can't can't disagree with that. Hashtag Tony Kicks. Shout out to BG once more. Anyway, uh, anything else on the on the ladies before we move on to uh, to the nine star classic that was Jordan Devlin and Tyler Bate? Nine stars. Nine stars. I gave this nine stars. The only reason I, I, I gave it a- nine stars is because there were a couple. It, it would have gotten ten stars, but there were a couple little flubs throughout the course of the match. There was a. Devlin went for like almost like a Frankensteiner into a pin attempt and had to basically like ask Tyler Bate to pull his legs back over and that just kind of looked awkward on TV. The little top rope dosi do on the Spanish fly when they realized they were facing the wrong way and they had to like do this ballet on the top rope was a was a little ridiculous as was the 10 count spot um, with with Devlin like turning and hitting Bate with like eight to go uh, or with like two seconds to go and then Devlin uh, or Bate diving back in on the longest gap between a nine and a 10 count possibly in the history of counting um but other than that i thought this match was just balls to the wall crazy the spot where where bait does the bop and bang from his back on the mat and then devlin like sits up and hits him with the fucking headbutt it was very much like kind of taking me out of the normal meter of a wrestling match and i thought for that it kind of was adding that element of authenticity to it um you cannot tell me those boys weren't just full-blown fucking punching each other in the middle of the ring during the fried takiyama spot um other than that man i mean just the sheer athleticism, the cardio, the everything, the counters, just everything about this match. Nine stars. You, I, I'm sure you disagree, but uh, let me go to Athers first. I think if Jordan Devlin and Tyler Bate were six inches taller and 25, 30 pounds heavier, um, they would both eventually main event WrestleMania one day. Uh, I think both of these guys are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Jordan Bate, uh, Jordan Bate, Jordan Devlin's probably been my wrestler of the year over here in the UK scene. Uh, he's been having absolutely fantastic matches, uh, particularly over in OTT with the likes of, of Walter and David Starr. Uh, Tyler Bate, the dude's only 22, and he's already phenomenal. He's only going to get better. Realistically, he's got another 15, possibly 20 years left in him if he looks after himself. Uh, I thought this match was great. Uh, by no means perfect, but I thought it was easily the match of the night. And uh, I didn't watch Wrestle Kingdom, so so far, my match of the year. Jargo? Well, it's not the match of the year. I'll go ahead and tell you that. But it, it, this was really, really good. Um, Jordan Devlin. uh is absolutely fantastic. The The only problem that I have with Jordan Devlin, and granted, I don't watch NXT UK on a week-to-week basis. I haven't followed him around the UK independent scene. I just don't get the character. Like, it just seems like his character is, I'm bitter and I'm mad and I'm not necessarily sure what about. No. Because every time I get one of these big opportunities, I just go out and lose the match. Like, I, I just I, I there's a disconnect with the character like what I see in the ring is fantastic. Now, we can have the debate what he would what would actually do him very well is to get back together with Finn and sit down and have a conversation, because if you're going to be a heel, then wrestle like a heel, because Jordan Devlin does not wrestle like a heel in any way, shape or form. I want to cheer Jordan Devlin because he's so freaking good. Athers, am I just missing something with this character, or is there just I'm really good in the ring, and that is my character? Well, you spot on with what you were saying about the, the getting cheered bit. 
Uh, Tyler's obviously wildly popular over here. And uh, there was parts like midway through the match where the, the crowd was kind of t- not turning, but a lot of people were, you know, dueling chants, let's go Tyler, let's go Jordan. And to be fair to Jordan, he, he, he did kind of quiet it down. He kind of gave him a look of disdain and just shook his head and went, shush. So, uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying as far as that point goes. As far as his character goes, it's like I say, it's difficult for me because I've not been watching NXT UK regularly as much as I used to. Uh, I think the the thing is that the it's going to sound so weird. It's the fact that it's NXT UK, and with Ireland not being officially part of the UK, he's kind of seen as like an outsider type thing, and like he's doing it for Ireland. He's not bothered about the UK. He's trying to prove that the Irish are better than the, the British, the English, the Scottish, and the Welsh. Well, everybody's better than the Welsh. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of his gimmick. Is like he's out there doing it for his country. And because we're all a bunch of racist assholes, that makes him a heel. It's just the, the typical wrestling trope of he's foreign. Boo. Interesting. Eight Track Brown would love that. White people hating white people. Like that that's eight tracks like favorite thing that he could possibly imagine. Bit of old white on white crime. <laughs> white on white crime. You betcha. Only in the UK, right? Uh, and then on the other hand, you have Tyler Bate. And Tyler Bate is another one kind of like Tony Storm. Like, why is he still in the UK? Why is he not North American champion? Hell, why is he not intercontinental champion at this point? My only question with Tyler Bate, and we've seen this with Finn Balor. We've seen this with Shinsuke Nakamura. We AJ actually changed his style enough from New Japan to the WWE that it doesn't really affect him. But a lot of these guys, like what's actually getting them over? Hell, Kenny Omega is the ability to go out there this match, 22 minutes and 25 seconds. Could Tyler Bate get himself over going out there and doing that in six minutes? That's my question with Tyler Bate. And that's what scares me about Tyler Bate. Yeah, it's a tough call. Honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't know that he can necessarily, certainly not on like a SmackDown or a raw type format, just, just based on the way that they book everything. Um, but yeah, it would be, it would be a tough road for him to do that. I think, I think because he is so young, it just makes sense to keep him down here for a while. Not that because he's not ready, but because you can bring him up in five years, you know, and, and he'd still be, um, you know, still have more than enough to contribute to the main roster. Um, and, and a lot of the guys that he'll rest, have wrestled alongside have worked their way up to that point. So you'll have all those backstories for him uh, kind of just sitting there and waiting for him. But um, yeah, man, uh, overall, this, this sort of match was just, I don't know, man, bonkers to me. I, I When Jordan Devlin kicked out, of the Tyler driver towards the end of the match, I almost broke things like in my apartment. I just, I, I threw something. I don't even remember what it was. It's hopefully it's not broken actually. All right. But, um, were yeah. you, well, were you surprised that one of the women kicked out of the pedigree? I was, I kind of figured that that was, I mean, anytime I see a pedigree, I assume it's a ball game. So it's, it's over. Yeah. No, especially in NXT. Like that's it's like the Holy grail. It's like, and short of hitting somebody in the head with an actual sledgehammer, that is the best you can do. Uh, I, I thought it was more of a, a kind of a butterfly pile driver, to be honest. Yeah, she just couldn't quite get her up, so they, they called it a pedigree mostly because I think they thought it would pop game and it would probably get them 
a little love in the back. But um, yeah, I don't know anything else on on this match here. I mean, it's it's sort of unfortunate that one of these guys had to lose. But oh, that's what I wanted to say about this match. As you were talking about how the crowd started getting behind Devlin a little bit and how he doesn't necessarily wrestle like a heel, in your opinion, he managed to get everybody right back on Tyler Bates' side shortly thereafter. There, he grabs the wrist, doing the uh, the Kawada kicks to the face and and all that sort of stuff was was getting people a little bit ticked off and off of his case. That said, I am a little upset with the uh, with the Blackpool crowd. Athers, talk to your people over there. Irish Ace, Irish Irish Ace, da 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 da. No, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that chant at least once, and I was very very upset. Uh, I actually went on Twitter, and for the first time ever, I buried Blackpool. Um, I was not happy wow. with some of their chants tonight. Um, there's a chant <clears throat> that went along for a while when a Devlin first came over to the UK, which uh, it got started at the very beginning of this match. I don't know if you guys could make it out, but it was a, you're just a shit Finn Balor. <laughs> and it's, it could not be further from the truth. Right. If anything, nowadays, I you know, might get crucified for this. I think it's the opposite way around. I'm with I you. honestly think Jordan Devlin's one of the absolute best in WWE right now. Jordan Devlin makes Finn Balor look like Lacey Evans. All right, dial it back and off. <laughs> okay, I'm going to remind you of that comment when we do the review of TakeOver Portland after him and Johnny Gargano. You mean when Gargano like, carries him to a 13-star classic? Crowd. That fucking bum. Gargano. <laughs> Johnny failure. Johnny sits at home on his ass and watches wrestling, takes his fucking wife to Disneyland. Good God. Johnny so Promo. Johnny Gargano. So over that kid. I miss you, Gargano. Go 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 carry Balor through a match. Um <laughs> Lovely facial hair though. He does have, he does have some interesting facial hair. He he, however, has no facial expressions whatsoever. I feel like I'll get that shot in there for Strangler Steve, who always gets pissed off about it. What's up, Steve? Anyway, uh ladder match. We had one of those. There was a it was a tag team clusterfuck. I'm still a little upset that um that Johnny Saint and Sid Scala gave Gallus their tag team titles back because the whole precipice of this whole match was that they're claiming the titles because basically everybody was acting unbecoming of being NXT UK tag team champions. And that and then they all got thrown into a match to ultimately potentially become the NXT UK tag team champions. But they gave the belts back to Gallus because Gallus had to go to full sale and lose to the Undisputed Era because that's how we treat the NXT UK Tag Team Champions these days. They did, however, get their win back in this match, I guess, if that that, that means anything. But, um, yeah, uh, car wreck. Um, there was a bajillion spots. I can name a few, but I'll let you guys talk about some of your favorites. Athers, I'll go to you first. Uh, this started off badly with uh, the champions coming out first. Don't do that shit. Just don't. It's... The champion should never come out first. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think they only I think they did that in this case because not only were they gonna end up winning the match, but we were gonna have Joe Coffey come out first in the in the main event there. So it was gonna be like Gallus' music playing three times in a row if we went that route. But uh I'm with you otherwise. Once is enough. And they're not the real champions. Because Undisputed Era beat them last week. So now it's clear that they're yeah, like the second-rate the, the champions. They are the linear champions of Undisputed Era. There That's right. What an awful booking decision was that? 
Like, why do you do that match a week before the takeover? Why don't you just flip the damn matches and do that match this week and do one of the matches that you're doing this week last week? I, I didn't understand that booking decision at all. I was worried that they were going to, like, put these belts on the grizzled young vets who were going to then lose to the time splitter so we can have, like, all the champions lose as many times as possible in a single <laughs> tournament. Oh, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> That's what they should have done. They should have put the belts on them just so that somebody from the American NXT could beat the fucking NXT UK tag champs again and prove how inferior they are. Make them a third tier. Third tier. Champion. What I will what I will say about this match, which I found utterly bizarre, again, I'll, I'll you know I'll hold my hands up. I've, I've not been watching it, but if you watch the way the crowd reacts when the three the four teams come out, uh, Gallus don't get that bigger reaction. Uh, bit of a pop, obviously, for uh, the Welsh wet wipes. Uh, Grizzled young vets rightly booed, even though they are absolutely fantastic. And Imperium get booed. Well, everybody sings along with their theme tune, but they get booed at the end of it. So essentially, you've got three heel teams in there. I just thought the whole dynamic of the match was weird. It was weird, and it almost makes you wonder where we go from here, because it's now you've got Gallus has these titles again. Are we going to go heel versus heel? Are we going to go back to the Welsh wet wipes? Um, the only other babyface tag teams they have are the Hunt uh, and and Kenny and Amir, who just recently reunited. I don't see either of those teams being worthy of a tag team title match anytime in the foreseeable future. Um, it, it, it did kind of seem a little wacky, and it also kind of felt like, hey, let's get everybody on the takeover card, um, which is, you know, cool for the, for the boys, you know, getting their checks and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, I'm not a huge fan of let's get everybody on the takeover card type booking. Um, the grizzled young vets at one point during this match attempted to sodomize Mark Andrews with a ladder. Shame on both of you for not mentioning it. Uh, Jargo, what were your thoughts on this? Um, you, you already took away the sodomy line. Like, what, where do you want me to go from here, Bello? Like, Is Jesus that, uh, Christ. Will, will ladders now be available at Big Ray's Dildo Emporium? Oh, clearly. Clearly. They're going to be, like, bright purple, like Matt Tabins. Um... I, I'm with you, Athers. We, number one, we've got to discuss this name: the South Wales subculture. That is actually Ooh. the name of this freaking tag team: the South Wales subculture. Yes, that's an awful name. That's an awful it's, name. It doesn't that's, really roll the tongue, but it, it kind of, you know, encapsulates they're from South Wales. And the Welsh people that. are awful, just awful. I agree, and they're from that. Um, you know, that subculture of music, of the, the mod type of music, you know. The like shit the kind of music, like Mark Andrews' music, the shitty kind of music. Do not besmirch Junior, sir. They are very popular in um, British That's indie right. wrestling circles. Are they popular in Wales? I mean, well, that, that would kind of explain it. Yeah, but so were the Lost Prophets, so, you know. Yeah, well, that, that absolutely explains it. I, I expected they well. were going to go to Imperium. I, I figured that Imperium were going to walk out with these titles, and especially with what we would see later on in the night, it just seems like we should be unifying the NXT Tag Team Championships with both sets of belts. Like, give me like Bobby Fish two belts. Give me Kyle two belts. 
Especially with this uh, especially with this Worlds Collide thing coming up at the end, too. You got the Undisputed Era has all the gold. Why not have Imperium have all the gold? I think if that match wasn't taking place, that might have been the argument for not doing it. But since they are all going to be in a match together anyway, why not have them bring all the straps with them and uh, throw Winner it down? Winner takes all. Yeah, because otherwise it's kind of funky, right? Because, like, what's Gallus supposed to do now? Like, everybody else is facing off against the champion from the other the other brand, Gallus is going to, what, wrestle, like, the fucking one-two punch? <laughs> like, I mean, I, as much as I'd like to see that, um, but the, the one-two punch would probably lose, so never mind. Where are they at? Are, are they wrestling in the UK? Because I haven't seen them on American television in months. They made a one-off appearance in a Progress a few months back where they wrestled for the Progress Tag Team Championship against Scotty Davis and uh, one Jordan Devlin. Oh, cool. And they lost. Mm. Either tag division would be happy to have those guys right now. I think that's the problem, oh, though. Totally they're kind of like, they're stuck in the middle. They're a team without a country right now. They just, they got, they got one guy from the U.S., one guy from the U.K. Nobody knows where to book these fucking guys. They're the Swiss Tag Team Champions. There you go. They're very, very popular over here as well. They got a great reaction uh, when they came out at the Electric Ball. Wasn't like Oni in a bunch of heat with the company there for a little bit? Yeah, and then he resigned. (laughs) That was the most baffling part of the whole process. Uh, I don't know. I'll stick up. Throw him up, folks. Throw him up for my boy Oni. Anyway, no, no, no two. You don't like Danny Birch? I mean, Danny Birch is fine, but Oni. It's all about Oni. I don't know, man. All about Oni. He's number one. He's number one. Um, I I, I like all of these tag teams, really. Um, Some of these spots were just absolutely over the top, a little bit ridiculous. At one point, I thought Flash Morgan Webster was dead. Um, I'm I'm still not (laughs) sure that he's not because I don't think I saw him again for the rest of the match. Like he, he took that tumble to the outside, and that was the end of Flash Morgan Webster. There's something about that kid that, like, He's kind of got the uh, Chuck Taylor skinny fat thing going on. Um, it, it's just weird. I, there's something about that guy that I'm just attracted to watch when he is in a ring. And then there's Mark Andrews, who I just can't freaking stand. I couldn't stand him at Impact, and I didn't like him in, when he was doing spots in Ring of Honor. Like, that guy just, he does absolutely nothing for me. I don't get Mandrews at all. Gallus was fantastic in this match. Of course, they get the win. Which I kind of thought may be a foreshadowing. I mean, it seems to me the last time that we talked that I was like, they've got to do Coffee versus Walter for the UK championship. Like, Gallus has to become this, like, babyface force inside of NXT UK that's rising up to come and take down Imperium. And it seemed like they did all of that without the babyface part. Basically. Yeah. The, the point could definitely be made there. It, it, it never really felt like they were really babyfacing this at any point. It was just sort of like Walter's a big bad motherfucker, and the only big bad motherfucker at the moment willing to stand up to him is Joe Coffey, who also happens to be an asshole. But, um, and, it, and, it, and his goons have the tag team titles, which just seems weird. It's like the fucking putties having the tag team titles. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, the, the, the big guy with the wings should have... What title? Not whatever. That's a terrible Power Rangers reference. Um, so Don't you feel like it should be the Coffee Brothers and like Wolfgang should be the guy kind of off doing his own thing? 
That's sort of what I thought initially, but then I watched Wolfgang wrestle a bit more and came to the realization <laughs> that I don't like him very much at all. But Athers, <laughs> what, what do you have a little bit more insight on these three's career? Uh, to be fair, I don't. And that's because the Scottish wrestling scene is very insular. Um, there's only really one major company, and that's uh, Insane Championship Wrestling up in Glasgow. Uh, all three of these guys, uh, I believe, are former ICW champions. I believe that Joe Coffey might even be the ICW champion now. I don't know, because I don't watch it. It's not on my radar at all. Um, it's very rare you see the Scottish guys work in the UK indies, because obviously they have to pay uh, travel expenses. And going from Glasgow to London, that ain't a cheap train fare. Ah. And it's just not really worth it. I mean... Joe Coffey was in uh, progress for a while. He was the... Um... Reverse 205 belt. Oh. The reverse 205 belt? What is that? The, the... Yeah. It, it 205 was and over? It was a, yeah, it was a big lad's belt. It was for the big boys, the big beefy bastards. So uh, you had, like, a, a mini tournament with people like Walter, uh, Joe Coffey, Rampage Brown, Tyson T-Bone. Basically, all the big lads, they were in, like, a tournament. And uh, former champions include Matt Riddle, who were... Uh, oh, cool. He took that belt every with him. He loved that. But, uh, yeah, as far as the, uh, the Scottish guys go, it's... it's... It's just a very insular thing. It's it's they're not booked in the UK, in in England and in Wales that often. So it's kind of difficult for the fans to kind of you know relate to them because they're they're not overly familiar with them. Mark Coffey's never worked in progress. Wolfgang's only made one or two one-off appearances. Joe Coffey's the guy that's appeared most, and and to be honest, his last appearance in progress was like two or three years ago. It's, it's not like these guys are regular to the English wrestling scene, so it's weird. It is sort of At, weird. Ather, true or false, the reason that you did not go to this show is because Gallus has go-away heat with you. Absolutely 100% true. <laughs> Just wanted to get that on the record. They have X-Cock coming around to my house, shitting on the carpet, and wiping their hands on the drapes and leaving heat. Wow, that's that's some heat right there. That's that's <laughs> poor Sean Waltman. <laughs> poor, right, the poor bastard. He was over at points, and everyone forgets about that multiple um, times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I'd be remiss if we moved on from this segment without mentioning the uh, the whole spot with the table breaking. Right, so they the Mark Coffee, the Welsh wet wipes are setting up. What is going to be what it, what it looks to be uh, like stereo swanton dot, uh, swanton bombs off of the same ladder uh, onto the two members of Gallus on the outside. But when uh, when Mark Coffee is dragged onto one of the tables that's propped up outside, the table just collapses immediately under his weight. And uh, in a pinch, the Welsh wet wipes, to their credit, call an audible. And instead of doing the stereo swanton dives, they end up doing a double swanton dive, both of them jumping off the ladder through, uh, I guess, was it was it Mark Hall, was it Wolfgang on the other side there? And uh, it was it was a thing of beauty, and and because, again, this had to have been called on the fly here, makes it all the more impressive. Uh, your thoughts on all this stuff, uh, Joe, go first. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the uh, NXT UK tables uh, probably about as stable as our economy at the minute. Uh, <laughs> not great, but uh, yeah, kudos to uh, Mandrews and Flash thinking on the fly. Uh, obviously, a much more dangerous spot than if they were going to do it together. Uh, I felt a little bit sorry for Wolfgang because obviously he didn't have much faith. But uh, yeah, I just hope that all three guys are, are, are not too banged up after it. Yeah, can you imagine being Wolfgang looking up and seeing two guys coming down on you when you were not expecting two guys to come Wait, down on what? you? <laughs> yeah. Am I seeing double? I mean, they do look enough alike. Jargo, you have, you have anything on this? Um, the only thing that really stood out to me was how dangerous that spot was because of where the stairs were. Yeah. Like, there were stairs on that side, and Flash damn near came down on top of the freaking stairs, and that could have been a really, really nasty bump. Like, I'm with Joe. I just hope everybody's all right. Yeah, I think Wolfie kind of saved them there, if you kind of notice. Like, Wolfgang basically, like, snatched the two of them out of the air, like, as they were coming down to just make sure that they fell more closely to him than to those stairs. So uh, as much as we just shat on Wolfgang a little bit here, props to him for possibly saving a life. Um, but <laughs> anything else on the on this ladder match here before we move on into our main event? Zach Gibson and James Drake are fantastic. Like yeah. that act together, those two guys are just freaking fantastic. Yeah, Drake quietly just kills it in these matches and nails every one of his spots like to perfection without even it, it, it's so it's to the point to where it's like almost it's not it's not it doesn't stand out anymore because he just makes everything look so damn easy and he's so quiet about it. Gibson, one of the few people in all of wrestling who has legitimate heat and has since the second he first picked up a microphone in NXT UK and probably prior to that. Um, Joe, I'm sure you could speak to that a little bit more. Uh, yeah, nobody likes Scouse. If you take Gibson, if you hate Gibson, shoes off. I coincidentally do have my shoes off at the moment, but I love Zach Gibson. Wearing slippers. Drake's, Drake's come into his own as well. I think that tag team, probably for me, are the best tag team in the UK at the minute. And I include Mustache Mountain in that. Mm. I think they're an absolute fantastic act. I think there's very few people in the UK that are better than Zach Gibson on the mic. And I just think they work really well as a team. I think they're fantastic. Yeah, it's crazy because when you look at this tag team division, it's one of the deeper tag team divisions inside of the WWE as a company. The problem is they just like throw all of the teams into like one giant freaking feud. Um, whereas if things were actually spread out, you could actually have like two or three different tag team storylines all going on at the same time instead of NXT UK. Absolutely. I think the main problem with NXT UK um, is the booking. I think they've got absolutely fantastic talent from top to bottom. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them, um, you know, in, in lieu Interesting of... facts. Sorry, interesting facts that, um, you know, the bits where they cut away to the crowd and uh, they show people sat in the crowd. And yes. today it was Travis Banks and uh, Ridge Holland. Mm -hmm. They usually, like, reserve that part, like, new signees. Kind of hard when you've signed everybody. Exactly. Kind of hard when you've signed everybody. Yeah, and Ridge Holland wasn't exactly like a big pop, other than that one woman who was standing next to him who was losing her mind because she was on television. Um, 
but uh, yeah, that that sort of was what it was. Um, I had something else there, and now I've completely lost it, and it's well, probably irrelevant. Joe kind of brings it up, and this is actually something I wanted to ask you about, Bello, because even NXT proper is getting this way now. NXT proper has doubled their amount of content. With NXT UK, we only get like one or two takeovers a year, at least at the pacing that they've been going at. Is it time that we look at extending these past five match cards? For takeovers in general? Or for NXT, you know... For takeover in general. In general, Because yeah. as it is, it's there's only five matches on a card, and there's a hell of a lot more talent than... Three hours, three and a half hours instead of two and a half. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess you can always make the argument. I think with NXT UK, the way that the, it's it's going right now, I think it's perfect to just keep it with the five matches, um, or or doing like the five, and then the, like the, I'm actually sort of surprised we didn't get other than I guess if you want to count the end, um, we didn't sort of get that that random match thrown on the card as we've seen on a couple of the takeovers, or at least with Balor kind of showing up, um, and then Cesaro showing up. Um, to the last one as well. I, I had predicted Sheamus was going to pop up on this one, being that he had recently reemerged, and uh, would have been nice to see him come out and like kick Joseph Connors' face off and prove to him that he's not takeover worthy, as he's been bitching about for all these years uh, or for all these months. And uh, we didn't get anything like that, but we did get the the big run in at the end. Um, so I, I like it for NXT. NXT proper. Honestly, I'm worried. I'm more worried about them moving more significant matches onto main roster pay-per-views than I am about them, you know, messing with the format of takeovers right now. You want to move it out to six matches? Sure. Like, fine. There's more than enough talent to go around there. You can always include an NXT UK big-time match if you really want to. Um, I wouldn't mess with it too much, man. And it's mostly just because it's like it ain't broken. Let's not try to fix it just yet. I'm just tired of these, like, every takeover, we have to have at least one triple threat match and one fatal four-way, just so we can get everybody on takeover. I'd rather have two different matches. I, I, I can't disagree with you there. Athers, any thoughts on, on the takeover formatting? Um, I think the length of, of takeovers uh, for NXT UK is absolutely fine at the minute. If anything, I thought this one went on a little bit too long. I think mm. the pacing of the matches wasn't exactly timed out brilliantly. I thought that the main event was far too long, but we'll get into that in a bit. But uh, yeah, I think two and a half hours with five slash maybe six matches is absolutely fine. You don't want the NXT or NXT UK product to be like the so-called main roster and be three hours of Raw or two hours of SmackDown and yeah, four and a half hours, five hours, seven hours pay-per-views, depending on uh, what level of pay-per-view you're watching. I, I think that the two and a half hours is, is probably the sweet spot and, and probably about right for, for that kind of product. Yeah, I can even see it. Like, uh, I, I kind of agree with you with this main event going long. I can almost keep it to two hours, crisp and concise. Just keep it, keep it nice and tight. You had that opening match that was eight minutes. There was really no need for the other four matches to go cumulative hour fifty, basically. Um, you know, especially that main event. Especially after, I mean, just as we're rolling into the main event here too, I'm, I'm thinking like, all right, I like Walter. I like Joe Coffey. These guys are a Haas match, un very different from everything else that we've seen on the card thus far. But, like, what could they possibly have given us that we hadn't seen up to this point in the match, in the card, between Jordan Devlin and Tyler Bate giving you every bit that, you know, that pirouette, you know, wonderful 
classic that they gave us. Then you get the car crash. You got the triple threat with the women. Um, we we saw Trent Seven nearly die. Like what? what and short of one of these guys dying in the ring, I don't know that they were going to be able to like eclipse anything that happened up to this point. Um, having said that, they had a pretty good match for what it was. Like in a vacuum, I might have a much higher opinion of it. But um, Jargo, you look like you're chomping at the bit to talk about this here, man. Go ahead. I'm still not sure that Flash Morgan Webster is still alive. He very well oh, may be true. dead, still laying there on the other side of that ring. That's true. So him let, him let's and... not say that nobody died yes. because for all we know, Flash Morgan Webster, God rest his soul. Um, Yeah, rolling into the main event. And the other thing, too, as far as the length of the show was, I don't need the same video package that I saw on the pre-show and that I saw on the pre-pre-show and that you've been running on the show for the last couple of weeks. Like, I, I was exhausted in video packages by the end of this thing. Yeah, I guess that's for the people that they're they're assuming there's a, a certain po- portion of the population that just aren't watching on the weekly and are just tuning in for takeovers. Although with NXT UK, that would be really hard to do because it's literally like two a year. Like, I mean, how how up are you possibly on the brand? <laughs> having and only especially watched it when it's at eleven thirty in the morning. It's true. Yeah, it yeah. definitely didn't help. They should just do like a little primer. And I know that's kind of what the pre-show is, but throw out like a quick little YouTube video, five minutes of everything you need to know heading into NXT UK, like something just like that. Uh, I, I think well, that might have been. A... Isn't that what that project takeover thing is? I mean, that was like 40 minutes long and it was every video package that I saw tonight and then some. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was like a 40 minute special that they released on YouTube just a couple of days ago. It's called like Project Takeover or some shit like that. Yeah, Prime Target. It was Yeah, Prime Target. Like, that's it. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Shave that down by about 35 minutes and and that that sounds like it would work better for me, but um main event time, Joe Coffee, Walter. Um now this is kind of I kind of like the little bit of the storytelling heading into this with Walter making his debut in NXT UK in NXT TakeOver Blackpool 1 after the main event, which Joe Coffey lost. Um, So they kind of tie all that back together. Um, Other than that and the big Haas factor here, again, like the excitement level had kind of leveled off based on what everyone else gave us up to this point in the card. But Joe, I'll throw it to you first. Joe Coffey, Walter, what'd you think, man? Too long far too long simple as that um everything that's come before it in the show uh i thought that the pacing was too long i thought it was overbooked to hell uh with all the, the ref bumps and the run-ins uh the points it basically it could have ended like five ten minutes previous and it would have told the story that they were trying to tell uh also the kind of Again, uh, the booking of the whole thing, you had a crowd, for me, that was kind of 60-40 Walter. And if you'd watched that Prime Target show, they were kind of painting this is Joe Coffey's uh, story of redemption, kind of a, a year in the making, trying to get his revenge to make up for the embarrassment of the first takeover Blackpool. So, yeah, for me, this just fell a little bit flat. I thought the booking was all wrong. I thought Joe been very much miscast as a good guy because fans just simply don't care about him. They're more into Walter. They're more into Imperium. Uh, and, and another few guys that showed up at the end. We'll get to that later. But yeah, for me, I, it just fell a little bit flat this match. 
Well, you know, you mentioned the overbooking, and before I throw over to Jarko here, this whole thing with Wolf and Dragonoff, like, in the middle of this, like, is this, is this ever going to die? Like, are we ever going to be done with these two? Who knows? No idea. Obviously, it's a feud that's, it's, it's very niche. You'd have to have watched uh, WXW over in Germany to know the guy's history. I know that they've probably alluded to it slightly on a, NXT UK TV, but still, you shouldn't have to be going back and doing homework to, to see why guys are feeding. It's keep it simple. You know what I mean? Right. Well, they had been wrestling a little bit on NXT UK television. They had a, a what I assumed was a payoff match in in a no DQ match on two weeks ago's edition. I guess like January second's edition of NXT UK. Um, so I, like, again, I kind of thought that was paid off. I get that you don't want to have the tag teams do the run in because they were just involved in a ladder match and, and they shouldn't even be physically capable of coming out at this point, but this just felt way over the top. Um, but Jargo, I'm sure you've got some thoughts on this. What do you got? Yeah, I was completely lost by the entire dragon and wolf thing. Um, because I don't watch NXT UK and as far as doing homework to watch pro wrestling, like who, who the fuck do they think they are AEW? Like <laughs> that's, that's, that's become their gimmick, right? Right. You gotta, you gotta, watch, you gotta watch in the YouTube channel. You gotta hit those, that notification button. Make sure you're up on the you, AEW. You, you gotta have notifications turned on on Twitter for like 50 different people. And it, yeah, it, it's just way too goddamn complicated. Like pro wrestling should not be hard. I just want to sit down and watch the goddamn show. Um, I thought this match was really, really good until the ref bump. From that point on, it completely lost me. I don't know exactly how far that was from the end of the match. The match goes 27 minutes and 30 seconds. Now, I just got done watching Wrestle Kingdom. My two favorite matches both feature this guy named Okada, right? And Okada can't seemingly have a match that doesn't go at least 35 goddamn minutes. Every single freaking one of them. But they're good. Like, the pacing of this thing, it was like, how, how many times can you pick each other up and just slap each other? Because that was like 90% of this freaking match, it seemed like. Just walking around and chop, chop, okay, chop, chop. It didn't need to be, this match could have been 15 minutes. You could have cut this thing in half and it would have been fine. You'd almost expect it to be too. It's like, you know, like I'm trying to, I don't know. I'm thinking comic reference here. Like Superman versus Doomsday should not be like this like year long battle that breaks out. It's like, it's just two big, strong beings hitting each other. And after a few, you know, devastating blows, this shit should be over relatively quickly. Um, I, that's sort of, that's sort of kind of how I felt about this is that it really did drag out there when the ref got bumped. I, I, I probably had the same reaction you did. I was just like, oh, here we go. Like, here's going to be some fucking nonsense. Wolf and Dragonoff come out. If they had ended the match as a direct result of Dragonoff with his stupid fucking finishing move, hitting, um, hitting Wolf into Coffee's knee and costing him the match that way, like, I was going to be livid. It was going to ruin this entire show for me. I'm thankful that they at least put some space in between that and the end of the match here. And Coffee actually still looked like he might have a, sh- a chance in all of this. Uh, actually kicking out of the top rope splash from Walter about five minutes, th- uh, you know, thereafter. But um, it-, it was it was, it was was kind of the Haas match, like, like you guys said, too long, overbooked and frankly was up against it with all of the previous matches that we saw here. So it's, you know, like hats off to the two gents. They did what they could with what they were given. But unfortunately for us, 
it was kind of, you know, kind of an underwhelming ending to what was otherwise a really good show, in my opinion. Why does Okada and Ibushi go in 40 minutes work and this did not? I mean, that's a genuine question because I don't know. I don't know what it is. If it's just the pacing that they're putting together these matches with, if it's just the, 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 the combination of selling versus high impact, but New Japan pulls it off and they pull it off on a regular basis and I see NXT try to do it, and I see NXT UK try to do it. Every once in a while, the WWE will try to do it, and they'll do a match that goes 25 minutes. And every time, we have the same response. This should have been a 15-minute match. AEW can't even seem to p- figure out how to pull it off, and they've got Kenny freaking Omega, who was in at least three of those matches. Yeah, I, I think the what s- is it? Sim- simple thing, um, one tiny c- contributor to all that, the 20 count, Definitely helps New Japan a lot, I think, that because that, that helps you pace it out. It gives everybody a little bit of a rest. You can take a fucking walk all the way up that gargantuan ramp, come all the way back. You still got like five seconds to go. No big deal. Um, that definitely helps them break it up a little bit. Plus, they have fighting spirit, Jarko. Over here, we call it no-selling and we poo-poo it. They just do it like fucking religion over there, where it's you can get head-butted and have a brain contusion and sit up like almost immediately, if not kip up. Um, it, it's just, you know, they, they, it, it, it's, it's a theatrical thing. Like I said, it's not, uh, with, with these two guys, you're looking at like the hostile match should never go that length. Like a, a, a fucking Hogan Andre match should never have gone anywhere near as long as your average Okada match goes. Um, but you know, that, that's sort of what we're looking at. So in this instance, I could see where there's maybe a disconnect between the two, but largely WWE does try to do the Okada Omega magic and it never, ever quite works out the way you want it to. As a matter of fact, the last time they did it and did it remotely well, they unfortunately had to end it with Jon Stewart getting involved. So that was a, uh, you know, that is what it is. Point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Atherton, what do you think, man? Because I know the the UK matches are notorious for doing this too. You watch a good progress main event. You're going to be there for 35, 40 minutes. Does it work in that setting? Why did this not work? Sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, no word of a lie. This, this is going to sound ridiculous when I say it. Um, the last show, which is a mystery show, uh, they have this guy called Roy Johnson, who you might remember from the first UK tournament. And uh, his gimmick is basically he comes out and does a waste man challenge, which is like a rap battle. So, like, loads of people came out. You must have had five or six guys come out. They all basically dissed him in rap form about having an NXT contract and then blowing it. Like, Triple H won't take your calls back (laughs) and stuff like that. And um, the the match started, it took 25 minutes just for the match to start with the rap battle and everything and the entrances. And in the end, there's been like a running joke that one day they'd do a reverse battle royal. And they did a reverse battle royal, and it took, like, another 20 minutes to do. And this was the first match of the night. The first match, including entrances, the rap battle, the beginning of the reverse battle royal, and the actual battle royal itself, took an hour. And it was it was funny at first. <laughs> Sounds like fucking like, Raw. <laughs> all right, guys, we get it. This is, this is a joke. It's all, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, but... At the end of the day, it's like pacing. It all comes down to pacing. 
And I think it all comes down to what fans are conditioned for. If fans are used to watching a long-form matches, if they're used to these uh, 25-minute, 30-minute classics, put it this way, the last main event at, at TakeOver Cardiff, I think, was it like 40 minutes long, 48 minutes between Walter and um, Tyler, Bate. Tyler Bate? It didn't feel that way. And I was immersed, and it was fantastic. I think if the match is good enough, then you don't ma- notice the, the passage of time. Kind of like a movie. A movie can be three and a half hours long. If it's good, you don't notice. If it is, you're kind of looking at your watch. Kind of that deal, really. Yeah, I think it's a it's a matter of the, the the specific style of story that you want to tell too. Tyler Bate getting his ass beat for a half an hour and then trying to mount several comebacks like is a, is a very compelling story. It's one that works and it's one that's been told in wrestling for as long as you know time. But this this match with Coffee and Walter, it just sort of felt like takeovers coming up. Somebody's got to fight Walter. Why the fuck wouldn't it be Joe Coffee? Like you know, there was no real. You know, there was nothing like other than that little bit of a story with him maybe finding redemption at Blackpool. And I've kind of theorized Blackpool's going to kind of be like their Brooklyn, where they're going to go mm-hmm. back to Blackpool over and over again. So Joe Coffey's going to get three, four, you know, Brooklyn, Blackpool three or four. He's going to get that chance again. Not. He's going to get over. I, I just think that's the story they're telling. I mean, <laughs> maybe it won't go over very well in Blackpool then. Others, that'd be that'd be actually really fun to watch them do that and then watch the crowd So turn. many <laughs> better choices of people that that weren't even on the card today you had somebody like travis banks who's not had a real opportunity to to show what he's all about yet in nxt uk a couple of years ago this guy was like at at the very top of the british wrestling scene and he's had a few injuries and everything and his his stars kind of fallen but on his day there's there's not many people that are better than travis banks i know that youtube is not necessarily your cup of tea Ilya Dragunov, he's had some fantastic matches with Walter in WXW. Those two could have pulled off a fantastic match. Jordan Devlin, Jordan Devlin and Walter have had some great matches in OTT. And it doesn't matter. I mean, Coffee was basically a heel today, so you could have still had a heel Jordan Devlin go up against Walter, and I don't think it would have made much difference. There's, for me, it, the, the booking of NXT UK is my main issue with it. I think they've got all the tools. They've got all the talent. I'm just not confident in the way that it's booked. And I don't know who's exactly booking it. I don't know if it's the guys that are from Progress that are booking it. I don't know if they're under instruction from uh, Triple H or, 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 you know, people at the, the WWE higher up. I'm not sure who's in charge. I'm not sure who's picking the people to get pushed or anything. But for me, I think this whole Dallas thing has been a pretty much failed experiment. And, Blackpool's usually a very, very lively crowd. And, you know, Dallas, when they came out for the tag team match, Coffee when he came out for his title match, there was crickets. And you don't usually get that in Blackpool. Yeah, it was, um, it's maybe maybe the Gallus experiment has failed. Maybe Joe needs to get rid of his his lackeys there or something along those lines, a reshuffle of some sort. Maybe they do go to the, to the Coffee Brothers tag team just for the sake of having some sort of change on that front. But... Um, yeah, I mean, overall, we, we got through the main event. It was, it was sort of what it was, I guess, at the end of the day, unfortunately for everybody involved, like I said, the two guys, the two guys in the main event tried their damnedest, but, uh, I, I just don't think it was going to ever really land. Fortunately for Absolutely. us. It's not, it's not, on, it's not on the talent at all. It's not their fault there. They've been told, all right, guys, go out there and have a 25 minute match. Off you go. It's, well, it's, down it's, the- it's up and down the card. There's not a whole lot of heat on this show. There's a, there's a lot of fighting over championships, 
but there, there's not a whole lot of personal issues outside of that triple threat. You know, see, like that was a, that was a well-told story. See, that's that's just I mean, having watched it, I'm looking at it from the the opening match. Uh, Eddie Dennis came back from from injury immediately, kind of stuck his nose in Trent Seven's business. They've been going back and forth for but a couple of weeks. Like, there's some heat there. Well, because Eddie Dennis is back, he wants everybody to hate him, and he's going after Trent Seven because Trent Seven is loved by everybody, basically. Um, that's sort of been the shtick. Um, plus, it was like a big splash. Like Eddie Dennis is trying to he they they kind of told the story a little bit um, on the build up to the match. I think as Eddie Dennis was making his entrance, saying that he kind of thinks that Trent Seven's kind of been riding the coattails of Bait and Dunn to success and opportunities he wouldn't otherwise have been afforded. And Eddie Dennis wants those opportunities, so that's kind of why he targeted him. Is it is it you know incredibly personal heat? No, but uh, it at least has been a story that they were telling. Then you got Tony Storm just fucking disappeared for months because of her losing the title to Kaylee Ray, who came in, totally mind-fucked her, took the title away, and threw her completely off of her game for probably the first time in her career, most certainly the first time in NXT UK. Um, then you got the the tag team title match. That's been just a big clusterfuck, obviously. There's not a lot of heat, necessarily, but certainly good competition, I guess, in the middle of all that. And then, uh, and then we talked about the main event. So it's like there was some story. Oh, Devlin and Bate, too. Devlin's been picking on Tyler Bate for quite a while now. Um, and that's that's kind of just been a back and forth, mostly because I guess they're just two of the best, and that was really what Devlin was trying to establish. And unfortunately for him, it came up on the losing end here. But just needs more heat. I guess it needs more heat, but there was some heat. It's just like if you want the heat, you got to watch the show on a weekly basis. Not that I'm hating on you by any means, but, uh, you know, that's sort of like it, the story's there. It's just, you know, could it be better? Certainly. Anyway, well, we cl- then, then, then in that case, it falls on the commentary for not getting it across. Yeah, because okay. I, I felt I did not get any of that, especially out of that opening match. Like to me, that opening match felt like chapter one in a story. Like we have Eddie Dennis and Eddie Dennis is, is he's attacking Trent Seven. Why? We, we're not entirely sure. But, you know, Trent Seven's going to whip his ass. OK, cool. So this is chapter one in the story. And I'm still waiting to find out why is Eddie Dennis doing this? Like I, I'm, not, I, that's where the disconnect was for me. Like the, I didn't feel like there was any heat there. Yeah, it makes I, sense. And, and I think there, there still needs to be a little bit of story told as far as it, Eddie Dennis. Look, why is he the way that he is? Uh, I could see why in this particular instance with Trent Seven, he wanted, you know, he wants all the opportunities. He thinks Seven's getting f- fair enough, but why is he taking it to this length? Why is he this disturbed and devious? Um, that's something I think I need I need them to tell me a little bit more about. But having said that, they they they've done a pretty good job with him. Having you know since he came back, certainly better than when he was originally introduced. So I'm hoping they'll get there. And then now with this whole dragon shtick kind of thrown into it as well, it's more compelling at a minimum. And uh, hopefully you know like I said, they could kind of ride it on from here. Um, I forgot to talk about the very very end of the show. So the uh, pop of the night, yeah, the pop of the night. Imperium's in the ring posing, right? They're doing their little wrestle fascist kind of Nazi pose that they do in the middle of the ring there, and the crowd starts going ballistic as you could see the WWE logo appearing on the bottom of the screen. Uh, I was saying to you guys right before we got on here, like I just knew, I knew in my heart of hearts that we weren't done yet. I had that feeling, and luckily I stuck around to watch as the crowd starts going fucking ballistic because the Undisputed Era come running out to attack Imperium. They put a whooping on all four of them, and then all it takes all four of the members of the Undisputed Era to beat up Walter by himself, which was kind of entertaining to see. And then uh, 
you know, finishers galore, everybody's laid out, the Undisputed Era, stand tall. This is something I've personally dreamed about for a long time. Anybody who's listening to the Next Level Wrestling Podcast has known that I've wanted to see Adam Cole roll up into NXT UK. Now, when I imagined it, they came out on a rowboat dressed as Revolutionary Era colonial soldiers. But alas, it wasn't quite that. But otherwise, it was exactly how I imagined it. Athers, what did you think of all this? Yeah, uh, I think it's pretty indicative to the level that uh, NXT UK is currently at. That the biggest pop of the night was for the Americans. Basically, it's a uh, yeah. Um, there's a lot of stars in NXT UK. Uh, Trent, Tyler, Pete, Jordan Devlin would be up there. If he was booked a little better, but uh, yeah, the biggest pop of the night, undisputed era and. You can hardly really blame them. Uh, Adam Cole's had a hell of a year in 2019. Uh, Red Dragon, one of the best tag teams. And uh, Roderick Strong was there too, I guess. <laughs> Poor Roddy. His wife's moderately attractive. Uh, Jargo, what would you, <laughs> you get about this? Well, number one, I'd hate to tell you what I dream about. Um, number two, I, I'm absolutely with you, Joe. Uh, I, I thought it was very indicative of this show and how this show was booked, especially the main event where you essentially have two heels going back and forth for the championship. And then you bring in a heel faction from another country to come in and beat up the other heels and the entire time, the audience is losing their fucking minds. I thought that was very indicative of where NXT UK was. I thought that spoke volumes. It's not going to end well at Worlds Collide, is it? Um, like, there's no doubt the Undisputed Era are going to somehow pin Alexander Wolf in that match, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how that match ends. The only thing, the only thing that I liked about that entire closing sequence was the fact that they denied giving that crowd the Adam Cole baby while on the air. Because that crowd, they wound up for it a couple of times. They were like, oh, and then he wouldn't do it. I mean, they were doing anything they could to get booed in that fucking shithole, and they couldn't do it. They just lost their fucking minds because the heels beat up the heels who had just beat up the fucking heels. God bless the UK. But if they're heels in the U.S. and now they're foreign to the U.K., does that then make them faces? Only if they go through the CERN black hole. Oh. Oh, okay. My brain's just falling out my nose trying to work that <laughs> sentence out. <laughs> my, my mouth barely got that sentence out. But, um, yeah, anyway, that, that was it. That was how we closed the show. It was kind of a, it was an interesting pop. Uh, overall... I thought it was an excellent show, but I'm sure I'm going to be the one who is probably most optimistic about this overall. I, I give it a pretty good rating. Uh, I don't know if it was my favorite NXT UK takeover to date, but uh, all three of them have been very, very good, in my opinion. Um, do we want to do a, a face slap rating for this, Mr. Jargo? That seems to be your shtick. Um, I will give it 2.75 face slaps. Ooh, okay. On a, on a five face slap scale. Athers, you got some slaps for us? Probably around about the same. Probably about two seven five or three. Okay. If you take the if you take the main event out, I'd probably go three point seven five. But the main event just dragged the whole thing down for me. Yeah, I'll go. I'm gonna go three. I'm gonna be generous and go three. 
All right. I'm going to go my my initial. I'll go like a 3-5. I was going to go 3-7-5, but the way that you put that whole thing with the main event, I think you're right. A strong close is definitely something I need on, on a card that I'm going to put um, you know, a lot of stock into. So I'll give it a three and a half face laps on my end. Uh, Jordan Devlin, Tyler Bate is definitely something I will be going back and watching again at a bare minimum. This card gave us that. And, uh, and the double Swanton spot, which was just still really, really bonkers. Anyway, fellas, um, anything else that we want to talk about? Otherwise, let's do some plugs and get on out of Dodge. No and no. Athers, what are you doing these days, man? Uh, I'm going to a lot of football, which, uh, as you guys call, soccer. Uh, yeah, watching my team that I've not been able to see because our owner was an absolute piece of shit. Uh, he's left. We've got a new owner. Uh, our fortune's slightly turning better. And, uh, yeah, it's been good to uh, watch the team. I still go with the odd bits and bobs of wrestling. Uh, I'm going to a show on uh, next Wednesday in Manchester, so that should be fun, at a comedy club. So uh, you're, you're kind of meme wrestling, you know, all the comedy shit that Jim Cornette hates. Oh, is that title? So, no, it's uh, Schadenfreude and Friends. So it ah. uh, should be good fun. The one where you get random Zack Sabre Jr. and Tyler Bay unannounced appearances. Oh, cool. Future Prime Minister Zack Sabre Jr., from what I hear. We live, we live in hope. <clears throat> okay. Uh, and uh, you could be found on Twitter at Old Athers? That is the one. And if you want to subscribe to my YouTube, Tables, Athers, and Chairs, that would be lovely. Fantastic, man. Thank you again for hopping on board here. Just stay tuned. Uh, stay, stay, stay on here for a second. Let me get Jargo, and then we'll get on out of here. Jargo, you've got a bajillion things to plug. Do that. Um, find me across all social media at NotJargo. Find us at the HTM Podcast Network online at hittingthemarks.com because, yeah, we fancy like that. Um, and, man, there's just... It seems like every day I'm recording a show or another. Mondays, it's the, the Monday locker room from Hami Media. And Tuesdays, it's hitting the playoffs with Big Stevie Cool. And Wednesday, it's HTM Sports. And Thursdays, I try to actually get some sleep. And then Fridays, typically, it's the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm a busy guy. I'm a busy guy. And uh, as we speak right now, I just looked it up as we've been sitting here recording. The Houston Texans are beating the ever-loving piss out of the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, I'm going to go watch that and try to figure out just what the fuck is going on. Yeah, because the NFL playoffs are fun. Yeah, no, that sounds like the opposite of what I would have expected, but I have been loosely paying attention to NFL over the last couple of years, and that's probably putting it generously anyway. um, Thank you guys again, both of you, and be sure to follow all those fine things that those gentlemen just plugged, and as well as right here, hackerhameen.podbean.com, also hittingthemarks.com and follow me on twitter at bello being bello follow my uh good friend harrison bergeron's right wing political podcast the right opinion on twitter at right opinion pod and at right opinion pod on instagram as well and the right opinion.podbean.com as well as ratsaladreview.com and hackerhameen.podbean.com follow us on twitter at hameen media group and follow us on twitch twitch.tv slash hameen media group and slash conspiracy horseman infidels Yola. And uh, that's just about it. If you made it this far, you are a brave, brave soul, and we thank you ever so much for joining us on this journey. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.
what's up, Bella? It's the Irish Ace, Jordan Neville. Your mate Alice is telling me that you're bigging me up online. So cheers to support. I'll catch your punk ass down the road. That's that next level shit.